You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. From ABC News, World News This Week. I'm Chuck Sievertson in New York. Coming up... I sentence you for the term of the rest of your natural life. South Carolina lawyer Alex Murdoch, convicted of killing his wife and son at the Supreme Court. Deep skepticism about the president's plan to cancel billions of dollars in student debt. Seven hurt when turbulence sends a jetliner careening through the air. You hear breaking glass, shattering plates. Nearly non-stop snow choking parts of California. And buried in up to seven feet of snow. The war in Ukraine becoming ever more bloody. Non-stop shelling, heavy street-to-street battles, and casualties on both fronts. The people and events that made headlines when World News This Week continues. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Weeks of testimony in the murder trial of a South Carolina lawyer, Alex Murdoch, coming to a rapid end this week. Both sides resting. Judge Clifton Newman letting the jury visit the murder scene. And after just a few hours of deliberations, Murdoch found guilty of killing his wife and son. ABC's Eva Pilgrim in Walterboro, South Carolina. After 28 days, 75 witnesses, and less than three hours of deliberation, the jury finding Alec Murdoch guilty of killing his wife Maggie and son Paul. Guilty, 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 guilty. Murdoch appearing emotionless as the unanimous verdict was read. His surviving son Buster, who testified in support of his dad, putting his head in his hands. The defense asking for a mistrial, but the judge standing firm. The jury has now considered the evidence for a significant period of time, and um, the evidence of guilt is overwhelming, and uh, I deny the motion. The disgraced attorney then taken out of the courtroom. Now, in an ABC News exclusive, juror Craig Moyer breaking his silence, revealing how the jury came to their decision. When you first got in the room, you took a vote? It was two not guilty, one not sure, and nine guilty. What was your vote? Guilty. From the start? Yes. Moyer says it didn't take long to get everyone on the same page. He started deliberating, going through the evidence. Everybody was pretty much talking. And about 45 minutes later, we, after all our deliberating, we figured it out. So it took basically 45 minutes for you guys to come to a decision? Probably about 45, maybe an hour. That's really fast. 
the evidence was clear. He says it was this piece of video. Baba. Featuring Alex's voice at the crime scene moments before the murders that convinced him. Here's voice clearly. And everybody else could too. Alec finally admitting it was him for the first time a year and a half after the murders. When he said it was him, were you surprised? I was very surprised. Why? That was his only savior right there. For some people, it's so hard to understand how a husband, especially a father, would kill their own son. What made you so sure that he had? His responses, how quick he was with the defense and his lies, steady lies. Did you feel like he was a liar? A good liar, but not good enough. Moyer, also not convinced by moments like this. <sighs> Alec, appearing emotional on the stand. What did you think when Alec Murdoch took the stand? I didn't think much of him. Really? Really. I didn't see any true remorse or any compassion or anything. Even though he was, he, he cried a lot on the he, stand. He never cried. He never cried. What do you mean by that? All he did was blow snot. Did you not see tears? No tears. How did you know he wasn't crying? Because I saw his eyes. I was this close to him. Moyer says he also didn't buy the defense's argument that Alec didn't have enough time to commit the crime and create an alibi. The defense said there's no way he could have done all these things, clean everything up, get it all ready, and then go to his mom's and come back in that short amount of time. Well, I think there's just enough time. All those factors leading the jury to hand over that guilty verdict. ABC's Eva Pilgrim in Walterboro, South Carolina. The verdict coming Thursday night before noon on Friday, sentencing. Murdoch pleading one last time. I'm innocent. I would never hurt my wife Maggie, and I would never hurt my son Pawpaw. And the judge pronouncing his fate. In the murder of your wife Maggie Murdoch, I sentence you for the term of the rest of your natural life for the murder of Paul Murdoch, whom you probably love so much. I sentence you to prison for murdering him for the rest of your natural life. Murdoch's lawyers say they will appeal. In another courtroom this week, the Supreme Court arguments over the president's plan to wipe away student debt for millions of people. ABC's Terry Moran in Washington. It was a tough day for the Biden administration in court. From the start, those conservative justices expressing deep skepticism about the president's plan to cancel billions of dollars in student debt. And it was the sheer size and scope of this program that drew the sharpest scrutiny. Under the Biden plan, uh, more than 40 million student borrowers are eligible. There's up to $20,000 in debt relief per student. Uh, and 26 million student borrowers have already signed up for the program, though it's on hold pending the outcome in this case. And the total cost, $430 billion. Chief Justice John Roberts arguing that such huge sums, such a sweeping exercise of federal power must be explicitly authorized by Congress. And Justice Neil Gorsuch raising the fairness issue. Uh, what about those people who already paid back their loans? What about those who never borrowed? How is this fair to them? But the liberal justices, they pointed to language that's already in existing law that they say could be interpreted as authorizing the program. And Justice Sonia Sotomayor, she 
raise the dire consequences for millions of students being crushed by debt if the court strikes down this program, and that looks like a real strong possibility. Problems for planes and travelers all week. Several people hurt when a Lufthansa flight hit some wicked turbulence, sending virtually everything and everyone flying around inside. ABC's Jim Ryan. Dinner service had just ended aboard the Airbus 330. 37,000 feet over Tennessee, flight 469 was hit by extreme turbulence. You hear breaking glass, shattering plates. Susan Zimmerman of Austin was headed overseas to see her husband. She's five months pregnant and was terrified. My husband and I have been trying for a very long time and I'm thinking I'm never going to see my daughter. My husband's not going to see his daughter. The plane was diverted to Dulles International Airport in Washington. Seven people aboard that flight were taken to the hospital. And ABC News Aviation consultant John Nance says this is the very reason that pilots warn you from the cockpit to keep your seatbelt fastened because if we hit something like this and you're not strapped in you can go flying on a Spirit Airlines flight the problem a battery that suddenly caught fire this was a flight from Dallas to Orlando it had to land in Jacksonville instead a battery we're told caught fire in one of the overhead bins and this was a guest battery a passenger's battery on board 10 people actually had to go to the hospital but we are told they are going to be okay the FAA says it will investigate. ABC News transportation correspondent Gio Benitez. Security at the airport in Allentown, Pennsylvania, catching some sort of explosive in a checked bag. ABC's Trevor Alt has the details. Mark Muffley is being held without bail, and we now know what that explosive looked like that he's accused of trying to smuggle onto that plane. It's what officials have described as a circular compound about three inches in diameter that they say was wrapped in a wax-like paper and a clear plastic wrap. And they claim that x-rays showed that this contained some powder similar to that found in commercial fireworks. And authorities say this device was hidden. They say they found it concealed inside the lining of one of Muffley's suitcases. And they say he checked that bag before his flight to Orlando. And and also inside the bag, they say along with the explosive, they claim they found a can of butane, a lighter, and lithium-ion batteries. Now, Muffley's attorneys argue that explosive was just a firework in a bag. They say there was no way this was going to detonate on its own. But prosecutors claim a firework is still an explosive, and that Muffley knew all of these things were banned. They say when he was called to security, he left the airport, and he changed his phone number. And now if he's convicted, he could face up to 15 years in prison. And a close call at Logan Airport in Boston, a JetBlue plane for to take evasive action as it was coming in for a landing. Lily Sternberg on board. The plane was like to the side. We were definitely having to take some sharp turns, so it was definitely really scary. Pilot had to pull up when a private plane somehow ended up on a runway intersecting with the one where the JetBlue flight was about to put down. In Greece, at least 57 people killed when a passenger train and a freight train ended up on the same track. ABC News foreign correspondent Marcus Moore. Video first obtained by Greek State TV shows the passenger train traveling more than 100 miles per hour before slamming into a freight train on the same track. Flames engulfing a number of the derailed cars, reaching temperatures of more than 2,000 degrees. The two trains reportedly hurtling towards each other on the exact same track for around 12 minutes before colliding at 11.12 p.m. The passenger train left Athens at 7.30 Tuesday evening, carrying mostly young people returning from a local carnival celebration. Many victims thrown dozens of yards from the cars. Greece's prime minister citing the accident's cause as, quote, tragic human error. A railway official has been arrested and is facing charges that include manslaughter and negligence. Anger boiling over at a public meeting in East Palestine, Ohio, just about a month after a Norfolk Southern freight train jumped the tracks dumping toxic chemicals. I have not seen our mayor. I have not seen anybody come to my Not one of you have had the guts to come out there 
People say they're still falling sick despite tests saying the air is okay. More from ABC's Dave Packer. Following the toxic Ohio derailment, concern about the controlled burn of spilled vinyl chloride and the likely release of dioxins from that burn. Dioxins exist naturally in the environment, but in large quantities can be highly toxic and cause cancer, damage to the immune system, reproductive and developmental problems. The EPA to now require Norfolk Southern to begin dioxin monitoring in the area. However, the agency does acknowledge that without a previous baseline, it may be challenging determining how much of the chemical may result from the derailment and how much may be present from other sources. Dave Packer, ABC News. Strong winter storms battering much of the country this week. Part of California measuring the snowfall in feet. It's buried Yosemite National Park, closed until further notice. ABC's DeMarco Morgan in San Bernardino, where many roads have been closed for days. The National Guard has already been deployed to the San Bernardino Mountains, where people have been buried in up to seven feet of snow. Plows working around the clock. County officials saying it could take up to a week to reach some areas. Now, people and crews trying to get to those who need help. Uh, firefighters using snowcats to move crews and equipment. And the biggest concern right now as a result of that massive snowfall is roof collapse. It already happened to a small grocery store in the small town of Crestley. Line. San Bernardino, one of a dozen counties now here in the state under a state of emergency. ABC's Maria Villarreal after storms pounded the plains. Destructive winds from the Texas panhandle oh, to Kansas. In Oklahoma, tornadoes touching down. The destructive winds battering the state, downing power lines and trees as residents of Oklahoma City were urged to take immediate shelter. In nearby Norman, Oklahoma, the damage is described as widespread. In Texas, devastating winds reaching 114 miles per hour, causing near-blinding dust storms across the state. And in western Arkansas, ABC News senior meteorologist Rob Marciano looking at the damage the storms left behind. Corrugated steel roof of this home uh, ripped off and on top of really a, an old growth uh, a tree, lots of trees down all over this place to power the storm. This is one of at least 20 homes uh, badly damaged or destroyed here in Kirby. A two by six uh, piece of wood here just piercing this windshield. One of the country's three makers of insulin announcing big price cuts. ABC's Witch Johnson has details on the moves from drug maker Eli Lilly that could affect millions of people. Effective immediately, the company is capping the patient out-of-pocket costs for insulin at $35 per month. If you have health insurance, this change is automatic. For people without insurance, they can get that price by downloading a special savings card online. Then, by this fall, the drug maker is planning to reduce the list prices of its major popular insulin products by up to 70%. And on May 1st, Eli Lilly says that it will reduce the price of its unbranded insulin to $25 per vial. That's down from $82 per vial. But the beginning of March saw the end of extra help for millions in buying food. The expansion of aid under the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP, put in place during the pandemic has now expired. More than 30 million Americans were getting the extra help, for some up to an extra $250 a month. Here's ABC's Alexis Christophorus. Cut comes as Americans continue to struggle with stubbornly high inflation. Food prices alone up more than 10% from a year ago, with staples like eggs, butter, cereal, and bread up by double-digit percentages. Food banks across the country now racing to meet increased demand and fill the gap of the reduced benefits, some appealing to their states for help. More military aid for Ukraine from the U.S., including armored vehicles that can set up bridges. 
This is ABC News Chief Foreign Correspondent Ian Pannell says the fighting has intensified in the eastern part of the country. Fierce fighting ongoing in the Donetsk region in the east of the country. That has become, of course, the main focus of Russia's bloody invasion. Video from Russian state media showing the terrible destruction in the key city of Bakhmut. Kremlin forces intensifying efforts to capture it. We're seeing non-stop shelling, heavy street-to-street battles and casualties on both fronts. Russian forces are claiming to be advancing with offensives not just there but against surrounding villages. At this week's G20 summit, Secretary of State Antony Blinken meeting briefly with Russia's foreign minister, the first high-level talks between the two countries in months. I told the foreign minister uh, what I and so many others said last week at the United Nations and what so many G20 foreign ministers said today end this war of aggression. Disaster off the Italian coast. At least 67 people killed when a boat carrying migrants smashed into rocks. ABC's Inez de la Quatera alongshore. At least 80 migrants found alive clinging to the boat's wreckage. Some brought back to shore wrapped in blankets. Officials saying the boat set out from Turkey with nearly 200 people on board, most from Afghanistan, Pakistan and Somalia. Rough seas and bad weather causing it to crash onto rocky reefs. Debris and personal belongings washing ashore, scattered sneakers and backpacks on the beach. Admissions coming to light this week from the owner of Fox News over how his network covered the aftermath of the 2020 election. ABC's Jonathan Carl says they come from a deposition in the lawsuit brought by Dominion Voting Systems. It's a candid admission from Fox News boss Rupert Murdoch about how his network handled Donald Trump's lie about the 2020 election. Murdoch acknowledging, quote, some of our commentators were endorsing false claims that the election was somehow stolen from former President Trump. I would have liked us to be stronger in denouncing it in hindsight, Murdoch said in a sworn deposition. And he said any executive who allowed lies about the election to be broadcast should be reprimanded or maybe got rid of. Instead, Fox promoted Trump's lies, some of their anchors echoing his bogus claims over and over again on their network. Including claims offered without proof that Dominion voting systems were tampered with during the election to switch votes in favor of President Biden. Shake-up in Chicago politics this week. In a field of nine candidates for mayor, incumbent Lori Lightfoot failed in her re-election bid, falling short of the votes needed to make it to next month's runoff. Now, as we all know in life, in the end, you don't always win every battle. But you never regret taking on the powerful and bringing in the light. Lightfoot, the city's first openly gay mayor and first black woman to serve as mayor. Parents tired of trying to wrestle their kids' attention away from TikTok will be getting some new help. ABC's Becky Worley on the app's new plan. In the next couple of weeks, the popular app will roll out a new family pairing feature that allows parents to filter videos with words or hashtags they don't want their teens to see, keep track of how many times the app is opened in a day, and it enables caregivers to mute app notifications at set times. And to stop the endless scroll, TikTok will now automatically set a 60-minute daily screen time limit for any account belonging to someone under 18. And if the limit is reached, kids under 13 will need to get a parent to enter a passcode to allow them to keep watching. Coming up, new secrets among ancient stones as we take you to Easter Island when World News This Week continues. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.
You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Easter Island, famous for its giant statues. The Moai revealing a new secret. For the first time ever, one has been discovered in a lake bed. The researchers who found it say climate change likely led to the lake drying out. ABC's Michael Strahan on Easter Island, learning about the Moai from an elder of the people who have called the island home for hundreds of years. Standing beside these statues in person is truly awe-inspiring. Unbelievable. And to the people here... These massive monolithic carvings are much more than statues. How important are the Moai to the Rapa Nui? The Moai is, is like uh, the photo of one person. So when he died, they make the Moai for representing that person. Mm-hmm. When you have your photo of your grandfather, it's very important. The Moai, as they are called, created three centuries ago by the Rapa Nui people, can stand up to 33 feet tall. There are nearly 1,000 catalog statues on this small island of just 63 square miles. These statues, they're important for this island. Yeah. They're pretty much everything for heritage, but also in economic system here yeah. as well. It's their economy. And you know what? As For the human race, it's valuable. I mean, yeah. It says something about all of us, right, and human ingenuity. Terry Hunt, an archaeologist, has been studying them for over 20 years. It's estimated that roughly 100,000 people travel to this island every year to take in the wonder of these statues. The average weight of these is about 40 tons. 40 tons. They were made here at this magnificent site, the quarry, where you can see statues in various stages of production, some carvings still embedded in the hardened volcanic ash. We're standing in front of the largest moai on the island. I was going to say, that's a big one. Yeah, that's a big one. His name is Tetokanga. It's the Rapa Nui name, and he is 63 feet tall. We estimate that his weight would have been around 90 to 100 tons. The otherworldly slope dotted with statues ready to be moved to their final destination, while others were left fallen and broken. How did they move these? Because you're talking about, you know, tons and tons, and you don't have the modern equipment we have now. Yeah, that's right. Let's go back to what Islanders say. They walked. The walking of the Moai is an oral tradition passed down by song from generation to generation. Terry took that oral tradition, devised this experiment, which showed that an average group of people using ropes have enough strength to rock the statue back and forth, moving it as if it were walking and confirmed their beliefs. I would say one of the most rewarding things has been that Science and oral tradition that's been passed down for generations converged on exactly the same answer. Wow. But the Moai, which have stood here proudly for so long, are facing a threat bigger than them. They're under threat now. Climate change. With climate change, the storms are stronger, which means stronger storm surge. With more storminess, more intense rainfall, even more droughts and exposure to the elements in general, the statues will weather faster. Rising sea levels are accelerating erosion along the coast where so many of these statues stand guard. The Rapa Nui people are now beginning to build retaining walls to help prevent future damage. The people here are vulnerable too. Their water under threat. With sea level rise and increased storminess, 
you can get saltwater inundation in the groundwater sources that people depend on for drinking water. Archaeologist Terry Hunt speaking with ABC's Michael Strahan on Easter Island. And those are the people and events that made World News This Week. World News This Week was written and produced by Rob Hawley. I'm Chuck Severson, ABC News, New York. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts.